Hello, and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,931. The topic is training, and the title is How to Build a Wider Chest. Now, why in the world would someone want to do that? <laughs> uh, why not? It's good for just general aesthetics. It it makes uh, upper body look wider, more athletic, more kind of like dominant, more muscular. It's a good look. And then also for specific cases in which I've used it has been for male clients who compete in men's physique and classic physique. In those divisions, it's important and very beneficial to have a wide upper body frame. So you want to build out the shoulders, especially the middle deltoids. Deltoids is a fancy word for the shoulder muscles. So you want to build out the middle deltoids as they would contribute the most to width when you're viewed from the front. So that's a lot of lateral raises and upright rows. And then you also want to try to create a wide chest. That, again, adds to the illusion of width in the upper body. That's very important in those divisions. Uh, It's important in men's bodybuilding, but typically... The focus is on more of a full rounded development, like you want a thick chest and the inside of the chest to be developed um, very well as well. Whereas in men's physique, uh, especially in amateur levels, uh, you, you the chest width being there first is going to be the like the first focus, and then you would want to create the width as you could. Uh, but you will have a faster-looking competitive physique to go for width first and then get the thickness, rather than um, maybe targeting too much on the uh, inner edge of the chest or the upper chest, but yet you don't have a well-defined, well-developed lower outer portion of the chest. So focusing on chest width is great for those uh, competitive clients, but then also just for general aesthetics. Now, what's neat is, if you want, I also have a YouTube video that I'll be releasing whenever this podcast releases, in which I actually talk about and show the exercises of what we're going to discuss in today's podcast. I thought it'd be fun to do the podcast and the video, because the video is relatively short. I think it's only eight or nine minutes. And the podcast allows me a little more time to dive into the details and just add extra depth of information, which I think is very fun if you're wanting to deep dive into that. (laughs) Um, So the first thing is you absolutely can change the shape of muscles. I've been asked that before is can you change the shape of muscles Absolutely. We have an older podcast, number 1219, is a Q&A podcast titled, Can You Change the Shape of Muscles? If you want to find that podcast and your podcast player doesn't go back that far, you can go to our website, www.brutalirongym.com, leave a podcast player on the site, but underneath that player are instructions on how to find older podcasts. So again, it's podcast 1219, Q&A, Can You Change the Shape of Muscles? Absolutely, 100% yes. Anybody that says that, uh, I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know what they would think, uh, why that would be a no. Um, A simple illustration is the chest actually itself. Is That's why you'll often hear people say uh, training like an incline bench helps target the upper chest. There are 
variations of flies, especially cable flies, that help to grow the inner portion of the chest. Whereas if you do dumbbell flies, that tends to work mostly on the outer portion of the chest due to the resistance of gravity. You have the greatest weight load, the greatest stress load at the most extended and stretched position of a dumbbell fly. But then as you would bring the hands closer together, the weight load actually becomes less and less and less. But that's when the inner portion of the chest would be more stimulated, but the weight load is less. So you typically max out the stretched position, which is the outer portion of the chest, but you sub-maximally load, uh, and therefore you don't fully exhaust the inner edge fibers with dumbbell flies. So dumbbell flies are actually very inefficient at developing the inner portion of the chest. Uh, it's not that they can't, and I'm, I'm sure there are people going to say, you know, so-and-so, all they ever did was dumbbell flies, and they have an amazing chest. Uh, sure. <laughs> there are people who can get away with a lot uh, due to genetics. But in general, for most people, and even those people, if you had them do exercises that had a better weight load stress in the closed down position where your hands are most close to each other, uh, they're going to get a better development of the chest. So they may have been able to do it in spite of what they were doing, not because of what they were doing. <laughs> a really good way to know this would be is if you did a machine chest fly. And it had the ability to squeeze the hands together at the peak contraction. You can actually do this where you just kind of press your the kind of pads of your fingers into each other. I'm actually doing it now for no reason whatsoever because <laughs> this is a podcast and you can't see what I'm doing. Uh, but you can actually push the pads of your fingers together or some uh, machines have like stoppers and you can kind of touch the stopper together and then try to crush the stopper. And you'll find that that's going to absolutely fire off the inside edge of your chest. So again, anybody that says you can't shape, anybody that thinks that doing certain angles or certain movements and saying that they'll develop a muscle in a certain spot of the muscle, they think that's false, they're crazy, I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> uh, but uh, I wanted to share that podcast, so if you had heard of that as a question or a doubt, that you can kind of put that to rest. So today's podcast, and what you'll see in the YouTube video, is we're going to do three exercises, and I have... Uh, the recommendation of doing three working sets per exercise, which will give you nine total working sets. And then typically I would train my chest a second time in the week. So they found that the best frequency for growing muscles is roughly about two times a week. Muscles can repair and be ready to be trained again in three to four days if you have proper sleep, proper nutrition. And if you do properly manage the amount of volumes and uh, volume and working sets uh, in a workout. If you were to take, you know, enough caffeine to kill a horse and crank out 25 working sets of chest in one workout, you probably can take five to seven days before you train your chest again, but that might take two and a half, three hours. A lot of people don't have that time, and there's no way in hell you're going to get as good of a performance in the final five working sets as you would have in the beginning of the working sets. Uh, so eventually at some point there's, you know, you're kicking a dead horse. There's not much in regards to quality towards the end if the volume is really truly that high. So typically it's recommended to get between 10 to 20 total working sets for a muscle group per week. Uh, the higher in that range would be the muscles you want to grow more and or smaller muscles such as like the shoulders. Um, but if you are happy with a muscle and you just want to kind of get it to grow slowly as other muscles catch up, you might be down towards the bottom of the range around say 10. 
there are people who have certain muscles overdeveloped compared to other muscles. Therefore, they might want to slow down the growth of their more dominant muscles. Uh, I have never been one of those people. I just think everything's small. <laughs> so I want to get everything bigger, so I'm going to try and train everything at the max. Uh, but I also take care of my sleep and I eat well to make sure I can do that. Uh, and I have successfully done that. I mean, I graduated high school. I had already been working out and exercising for three years by the time I was 18. I was 165 pounds, and I had more body fat. I had a higher body fat percentage than I have now at 280 pounds. I haven't gotten you know any significant taller. I'm still six foot, <laughs> but I've added over 100 pounds of mass, and I'm at a lower body fat percentage than I was. So I have very successfully added a lot of mass to my body, uh, so I, I know that it can handle it if I eat well and sleep well. <laughs> but... Um, getting back to uh, what we're actually supposed to be talking about is the workout to three exercises. The first one's going to be a cable crossover, but we want to have the cable at the height of our face. Or if your cables only give the option of top or bottom, put them at the top. Now, when we're doing this, we want to have not a perfectly upright torso. You're not going to stand perfectly upright because the weight would like throw you back. So you have to lean into the weight a little bit. But you want to lean into the weight with the least amount as possible. So you're going to have a very upright kind of position. And you're going to bring your hands together kind of down at your waist. If we look at bodybuilding poses and we think of the most muscular pose. If you don't know what that is, pause the podcast, do a quick Google search, bodybuilding most muscular pose. And you'll find, especially like Nick Walker, uh, he has the right kind of hand position that we would look for at the end of this cable crossover to where the hand is kind of in front of the, the groin or the waist and we're squeezing down on the chest. And what this does is having the right type of body angle. And again, if you don't know, if you're having trouble kind of picturing it, go to our YouTube channel, which is just under the name Brutal Iron Gym, and watch this video, <laughs> the one associated with growing a wider chest. You'll see that that position in the stretch at the top, it really stretches the outer connection spot of the chest up into the armpits where it connects into the upper arm bone. And then as we squeeze down into that finishing position, we drive that kind of contractile squeeze, that contraction effort through the outer portion of the chest. That is really, really, really going to help grow that outer portion, which creates that chest width that we want. I've actually worked with clients in the past who have uh, torn their pecs for various reasons, and they came to me and said, hey, man, you know, I tore my pec. It looks like crap. Can you help? And this is one of the exercises we use to kind of fill out that tissue over time. Hunter Labrada would be a, a neat one to look at. Uh, Tony Freeman, back in the day, had also had a chest tear. But as they slowly grow, like build the tissue back up, as they like you'll see it slowly start to be uh, less and less obvious that the tear is there. Uh, Hunter Labrada, I think he finished two years ago, top five, Mr. Olympia, uh, even with the pec tear. So you can definitely do it. Uh, and just training that muscle, but specifically firing through those fibers really does help fill that tissue back out, kind of uh, thicken that tissue. So that is the first exercise, is the cable crossovers from face height pulley with an upright torso. And um, we would typically do two to three sets to build up the mind-muscle connection. Uh, you can call them warm-up sets, but we're not just 
moving to get the joints warm. You're actually focusing on, you know, where do I feel the stretch the best? Where do I feel the contraction the best? What's the right tempo? What's the right pacing? So you really want to feel those sets out to find the best mind-muscle connection. And then you would look for three hard sets of 8 to 12 reps. If you did a set and you're like, I don't know if that was quite hard enough, just add an extra one. So it's okay if you do a fourth set. Uh, in order to make sure that they were hard enough. Uh, You could very easily, arguably, do three to five hard sets on each of these exercises. The second exercise we do is dumbbell chest flies with feet on bench. We're going to have a flat bench, so it's not inclined or declined, just flat. You're going to have your feet on the bench and doing dumbbell chest flies. The purpose of having the feet on the bench is it destabilizes you. You will not be as stable. Therefore, you have to move slower. (laughs) That's going to add to the uh, muscle damage intent of the movement. You can't just power through it with momentum. You actually have to be under control. That's going to help really get that maximal growth stimulus into the outer portion of the chest. Now, I went on a little rant earlier talking about how when you do dumbbell chest flies, it, it's going against gravity, so it really only works the outer portion, not the inner portion. Well, it turns out that that's exactly what we want on this workout, <laughs> so they're a great option. And then also, we want to have our hands where our pinkies are slightly closer together than our thumbs would be. So if you think of your hands when doing a dumbbell fly, people typically do it with neutral hand where your palm is facing each other. We want to slightly twist our pinkies closer to each other, almost like your hands are making a V with the dumbbells. Not an extreme V, a small V, but that helps at the bottom portion of the movement that you get more of a true stretch through the chest fibers rather than the front shoulder. So it's a very good, very subtle technique but it really, really significantly helps. And again, with this one, it's two to three kind of mind muscle building sets and then three hard sets of eight to 12 reps. Now, going into the third movement, we've already done two isolation movements. We did a cable fly and then a dumbbell fly. Our chest should be pretty well exhausted at this point, but our front shoulders and our triceps are not. So we can go into a chest press to finish with, and I would suggest either a slight decline, uh, like a 10 to 15 degree decline. Uh, You can just throw like a 45 pound metal plate under the front edge of a bench, and that creates a small enough decline, like an 8% or 10% decline. Uh, You can do a subtle decline, you can do flat. Um, I do like the subtle decline as a little bit of a mix up, like a little bit of a change. Uh, So I have um, the Rep Fitness Blackwing Bench, which does a 10 degree decline, which I really like. Uh, So I use that. But um, when I'm at places where I don't have a fancy bench that declines, I just throw a 45 pound plate under the front end of the bench. So the benefit of this movement is we are going to go ahead and put our feet on the ground. Uh, We are going to be stable. We're going to be aggressive. Try to move some heavy weight. I'm not going to just throw it around. I still do want to feel my chest. But I'm going to go ahead and let my triceps help. I'm going to let my whole body kind of be involved to stabilize and brace this movement. And then the kind of special twist we're putting on this one is at the bottom of the movement, we do not want to relax our back We don't want to relax our bracing, but we do want to get a full stretch at the bottom. In the video of me performing these, you'll see that the inside head of the dumbbell actually touches my chest muscles. We want to go ahead and let the dumbbell stretch the chest open at the bottom. 
If you were to stretch and you found a pinching pain in the back of your shoulder or the front of your shoulder, don't stretch that far. <laughs> and then also you can play with your upper arm angle. You do not need to have your upper arm like 90 degrees out from the torso. You can definitely bring the elbow in a little bit. Um, the most in I would go to is 45 degrees, but a 60 degree angle. Uh, so if you want to walk around with your architect, you know, triangle thing, uh, I understand it's going to be really hard to figure out what a 60 degree angle is. But roughly it's between a 45 and a 90. <laughs> So you don't have to be perfectly 90 degrees out with your upper arm. Uh, 45 would be the most in I would be. I would probably settle somewhere between there. And that will get rid of that pinch pain on the back of your shoulder most likely and the pinch pain on the front of your shoulder most likely. But you want to get a really, really good stretch. Uh, my powerlifting clients, golly, I have to yell at them all the time, is when we're doing dumbbell presses to help build our barbell bench press. The barbell touches your chest. That's how low you have to be able to press. But then when I see them sometimes doing their dumbbells, they're doing it like where if the dumbbells were connected by a bar, it would be like three or four inches off their chest. And it's like, what are you doing? Uh, they're just trying to move max weight load. And I'm like, I understand, but don't do that. <laughs> so we want maximum chest recruitment, not maximum weight load with minimal or lessened chest recruitment. So it's getting a good stretch at the chest. You do not want to relax or release tension. You're just trying to make sure you get the absolute fullest range of motion of the chest with these presses. Then again, two to three mind muscle building sets and then three hard sets of eight to 12 reps. That's gonna be the entire workout is cable crossovers, face height with an upright torso, then dumbbell chest flies, feet on bench, pinkies slightly in, and then dumbbell decline or flat bench where you're making sure that you're getting a full range of motion, a full stretch at the bottom of the press. This is also a great structure you can use uh, for just a good overall chest workout if you want to play with the angles. So you can play with the cable crossovers from a different angle, the dumbbell flies from a different angle, the dumbbell presses from a different angle. You can also play with rep ranges. You can have a higher contrast. Maybe one of the movements you do sets of like 14 to 20 reps. One of the movements you do 6 to 10 reps. Uh, the change up of angles and the change up of rep ranges helps to refresh or renew the stimulus which can help produce growth whenever you feel like this workout structure is kind of you know hit its peak or it's getting kind of stale you would just keep the exercises but change the angles and that can help kind of refreshing things but it still keeps that really good sequence of movements so you know it's a really good workout so I thought that was fun to share. If you have any topics you want me to cover where I do a YouTube video and a podcast, please let me know. I, I genuinely just kind of make this stuff up as I go or based on client conversations. If you have any input, it would be very helpful. <laughs> so that way I know for sure at least one person is benefiting from the podcast and the YouTube video. So if you need anything, you want anything, please reach out. I, I I'm encouraged when I hear from people. It actually makes me feel good. It uplifts me just letting me know, um, you know, the people that listen. Uh, I do get the database uh, that tells me how many podcast downloads and stuff we get and from where. Uh, but it's nice to put a, a name to a number. 
you know, so always reach out. Always feel encouraged to reach out. My email is brutalironjim at gmail.com. Okay, thank you for listening. Uh, if you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name of Brutal Iron Jim. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.